Um, but we're going to go in and we're going we're gonna to talk about the Word of God. And um, so let's do that right now. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that it's, um, it's a beautiful day. All right, we're speaking by faith. It's a beautiful day. But uh, we're alive. We're here. It's not sloshing snow out there. There's no incredible storm. We, uh, we're safe. We're here. And we bless your name, gathering to lift up the name of Christ. And right now we come before you. We ask that you'd speak. We ask that you would visit us, that your spirit would come and teach us and deal with us and work in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We've been talking about dreaming, which is a people of faith, hope, and love. Last week, we started it off with some verses from the book of Acts, which was referencing a prophecy from Joel. Acts was when the, first, when the church started. That's what happened. After Jesus died and rose again and went up into heaven, he started a church, and his spirit began to move within the church. And one of the first things he told the church was he referenced this prophecy from Joel where it talked about your, your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And having a dream is part of your inheritance as a believer. It's part of what God um, wants for you. Dreams are important. Dreams, I think, are a little bit different than visions because visions, it's almost something you can see. Like I have a vision for my, my life professionally. I, can, I could see the track. I work in a school system. I've changed jobs, I don't know, three times since I've been here. I can see the track. I have a vision for, for where I want to go, what I want to do, when, when my next raise comes from, what I want to spend my life professionally doing. I have a vision for that. And you young people, you should have a vision for your lives. But then it talks about your old people, old men, dreaming dreams. And I, I think it's for both. I think visions are for, for old and young. I think dreams are for old and young. But dreams, sometimes they seem almost out there. They seem like this, this thing, like look at the stage. If you don't know, they're going to be doing Alice in Wonderland in here. We hid, uh, me and Dan, I think we hid like four-foot mushrooms. All right, They have these huge mushrooms up here. And dreams are kind of like that. It's this weird, crazy thing where you don't really know how it's going to happen. And you're talking to your mom, and then you're on the beach, and then you're in your office. And, oh, my pants are gone. And, you know, dreams are kind of like that. They're, they're way out there. And sometimes for the Lord... You know, we have these dreams, things that, that we have a hard time expressing. Like, I want to do something for God. I have this passion. I have this burden. But, but you don't know how to get there. And you could feel it. Because dreams are a lot of time about feeling versus seeing. So you feel this draw to do something. You feel this, this urge to get involved. But you don't always know how to get there. And, and, I, and my, my idea for today is that you would know the, the dream that we have for Lakeside Church. We have a dream team people that show up even when it's raining to unload a trailer and to set this stuff up and to work with kids and to get the sound system going or fight with the internet or lead small groups. We have a dream team, people that are dreaming with us that, and this is our vision, is that our city would fall, our dream, our dream, I'm sorry, would fall in love with Jesus, that everyone here would find a church family. There's 135,000 people in Lexington right now according to the most recent data, without a church home. And that they would live in freedom and then be active in their purpose. And so that's our, our vision, and that's, that's kind of what we want to do. But I want to talk today about Jesus' dream for, our, for his church, because Jesus has a dream for his church. Uh, um, and I think it's important to know there's some scripture in there, and it's from Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 through 46. And we're going to put those on the screen 
And this is Jesus talking. That's why they're red. And I want you to see something because Jesus talked a lot of times in parables. A parable is like a short story. Last night, before my kids went to bed, I told them some, some of Aesop's fables. You know, the tortoise, tortoise and the hare or the mouse and the lion. They're short stories, little small stories with big truth. And Jesus told these parables. And for a long time, I really wasn't 100% sure what he was talking about. But I think he showed me. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered it up. And then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who upon finding one of the great pearls of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. So the first couple times I read this, I thought, like, that's what Jesus is talking about, that, that heaven should be like that for us. And in a way, I, I think that's true, that, that we should see God's kingdom and that it should be so valuable to us that we should go out and give everything we have to obtain whatever God has for us. But as I was reading through this, I, I think for a long time I misunderstood that. Because I think what Jesus was talking about was he saw a treasure hidden in a field. Something that was under the ground that wasn't noticeable to everybody. And he went and sold everything he had and gave his life for us. He saw a pearl of great value. He saw you. And he looked at you and he says, there's great value here, even though nobody else sees it. And he went and gave everything he had, even his life and his blood, for you and for me. Now, I want you to think about it, because two things can be true at the same time. Yes, we're sinners. Yes, we're, we're, we're separated from God by our sins, but you're still made in the image of God. And when God looked at you, I believe you are that field that he saw. And within that field, he said there's something valuable there. And so what did Jesus do? He bought it. He bought you with a great price. Like, he has a dream for you. A lot of people, they looked at that field, and it was junk. There was nothing there. Not good for growing anything. I don't want it. I want to get rid of it. But somebody saw what was underneath the surface. And I think that's us sometimes. Sometimes we don't see ourselves the way that God sees us. In fact, one of the points I want to make, and it's on the bottom of that page, it says, Jesus sees you differently then you see yourself. Circle that differently then. Like Jesus sees you in a way that you'll never know. Like when he looks at you, it's hard to picture this, but when he looks at you, he sees all that you could become. He sees all that he could do within you. And sometimes, am I the only one who doesn't see that? I just see my failures sometimes, or I see where I come short. You ever come home at the end of the day and, and for me, I'm a list guy. I have lists for work, lists for church, lists for family, lists for personal stuff. And the list grows. And you ever come home at the end of the day with your list, whether it's on your phone or whether it's, it's just in your mind, and you look at all the things you didn't get to or all the things that didn't go well, and, and you look at it and you say, man, I, I never, I, I didn't measure up. I didn't meet the goal. I didn't, I wasn't perfect. In fact, today was a bad day. 
Today, there were very few things checked off, and, and actually, more got added on, and so you're going to bed, and now the list is longer, and, and you can feel that way, and I know some of you feel that way. You might have it electronically. You might actually have a paper deal, or it might just be this nagging thing where, where you see everything you didn't do and every way you failed, and, and, and I believe that Jesus sees you like that field with the treasure buried in it. He doesn't see what you are. He sees what you can become. Like, he believes in you. He saved you and called you for a purpose. It says that there are good works created for us, already established. Like, he thinks you can do it. He's not going to make a good work for you if he doesn't think you could do it. He's not going to set you up to fail. And so I want you to know that Jesus really sees some good things in you, and he has a dream for his church. We're going to read through a couple of uh, passages where it's talking about the church, and we're going to put one up on the screen right now. And it's talking about how, how Jesus sees the church, the, the role he sees the church playing. It says, this is out of Romans. This is written by Paul to the church in Rome. It says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things. You know we're not all the same, especially here in this church. We got some people from across the board. And that's okay. Different gifts for doing certain things. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, then serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, then be encouraging. If it's to give, then give generously. If God has called you to leadership ability, or God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tight to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. Take delight in honoring each other. And this one right here, I read to my kids. You might want to write this one down. Verse 11. Somebody needs to hear this. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Never be lazy. That's one of those things, like, can you imagine God saying that? Like, yeah, don't be lazy. It's easy to be lazy. And so I'm going to try to break this down. Now, I don't know if this is going to work. I think this is my table over here. I need a volunteer or somebody to come help me not to make a giant mess. I don't know. But we're going to grab this table, and if you can help me set this up. Now, before church, I was thinking about how can I express what I think Jesus' plan for his church was. So as he sets that up, I have to grab something from over here. And you have to um, humor me a little bit because I don't go to the grocery store often. It's not because I, I just don't, because my wife, she does most of the shopping, so I have no idea where anything is. And if you're like that, you ever walk into the grocery store, me and David, we walked in there and we're like, where are the pickles? You know, some people know they put pickles next to other stuff. I had no idea where the pickles were. So we wandered around, we found some pickles, we found some things. I'm going to attempt to do something over here. And it may or may not work, but just sit down and hang tight. I still need somebody else to come up here because I'm going to need some help consistently because I have one hand because of the microphone. So right up here, we got the pickles. We got some bread. Yeah, if you want to help me open this bag up here. We have some plates. We got some ham. We got a tomato. 
And we got some cheese. Can you open up anything that needs opening, brother? All right. So what I thought about with God's church, you just read all those things, right? Let's go to one more while he's opening up those things. Let's go to the, the other scripture that's on the page. And I think this is going to make some sense. This is out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul is writing to another church. It says, now there are a variety of gifts, but it's the same spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. Varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. For to one through the Spirit is given the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues, and all these are powered, empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions each one to have individually as he wills. Now, when I thought of different things coming together to make something better than they were on their own, I don't know if it was just because I'm hungry, but I thought of a sandwich. Now, I want to give a shout out to all the people who have brought us meals. My wife is like super pregnant and she needs to rest and she's stubborn and doesn't want to rest. So some people have taken up the, the, the thing. They brought us gift cards to get pizza and they brought over all this good food and I've had hamburgers and lasagnas and chicken and, uh, I don't know, what was that, pulled pork sandwiches. I've had so much food, it's almost worth getting pregnant again because it's just been, like, it's been that good. Like, if you're looking for some good meals, get pregnant because the people in this church, they take care of you. So I don't know if it's just that food has been on my mind, but I thought about this because you have all these different, Robert, you are the man. All right, thank you, Robert. Give Robert a hand, everybody. All right, so you have all these things up here. And each one is fine on their own. I mean, hey, most people, you know, like bread unless you're gluten-free, and that's, you know, we'll pray for you. That's good for you. I'm just kidding. Being gluten-free is fine. But you have everything up here. Each thing is, is, is unique on its own, but when you put it together, it makes something better. Like, you have this bread. For some reason, I don't remember, was it the Earl of Sandwich? I think I read this once in school. Somebody figured out that if you take two pieces of bread and you put a whole bunch of stuff in between them, like, it's a great idea because you can carry it around, you can eat it, it tastes good. Um, but you got to have the bread on the outside. I mean, nobody would be dumb enough to put the bread on the inside and slap two pieces of meat on the outside. You have to do it a certain way. And then it allows your sandwich to be picked up, carried around, and it's good. So I got some bread up here. Some of you are like the bread. You might have the gift of leadership or the gift of administration. And God has put you here in this church or to whatever church God has called you to, to hold things together, to be the support. Bread doesn't get a lot of glory. Nobody talks about, oh, I want a wheat sandwich. Oh, I want a white bread sandwich. Bread gets none of the glory, guys. It's always, I want a turkey sandwich. I want a Cuban sandwich. All right, I want, I want, a, I want a pastrami sandwich, whatever sandwich you eat, club sandwich. Nobody ever brags about the bread, but the bread is probably the most important part of the sandwich because without the sandwich, you have no bread. And without the leadership ability that God has put inside some of you, not everyone can be bread. But if you are called to be bread and you are called to lead and you are called to support the work of God, you are doing a disservice to God's kingdom if you're not doing that. 
Now, there's, if you read in the list, there's leadership and there's administration. Some people just to keep people organized. That's what the bread does, but it never gets glory. Some of you are called to be bread in this house, just to give your life and let other people show off. Well, then you have the meat. I put ham on here because I like ham. I was going to try to make a Cuban sandwich, but I can't find Cuban bread too easily around here. And I wanted to teach you what a Cuban sandwich was and eat a Cuban sandwich. So I thought it was a good way to do both. But anyways, I got wheat bread and ham. So right here, you got your ham. It's the meat. It's the solid thing. And to me, I think the, the solid part of a church are the people that are called to teach and to pastor others. And that should not only happen up here. We've had a lot of people leading small groups, and that's, that's the meat of a church, is that they teach and they pastor other people. They, they get involved, they open up God's word, and they make it solid. Now, I chose ham, and, you know, some of you guys might be hams. I don't know, you might be turkeys, I don't know who you are. But some of you guys are called to be meat, peanut butter. Mike says he's called to be peanut butter. No, this is a ham sandwich, Mike. Stick with the illustration. But you're called to do that. And if you're called to, to be leading a group or be teaching or be sharing God's word, it doesn't mean that it has to be up here at the stage because, you know, we barely want to sit through one person talking, right? If we try to have it five people up here, you get a little long. But you can have five groups around the city, five groups around the town, groups meeting in your lunch break. We have groups right now that meet Friday nights, group meet Saturday morning, a couple that meet on Sunday nights, one meets, I think, Wednesday morning, one meets Tuesdays, every other Tuesdays. And, but that's the meat of a church. Our small groups, when I looked at the roster, they texted me, you know, and they said, look, here's the people that have come. I think it was like 35 people if you take Mike's group today. Mike had 10 people. Mike is has meeting across the street at the root cellar at 9 o'clock if you want to find a small group that's easy to get to. Um, go and, and show up there. And he said, this is crazy because I have young people, right, Mike? Mike said, I have these young people, teenagers, wanting to come to my group. God is working, but that's the meat of a church. And then you have some other stuff over here. You got some cheese. Now, I love cheese, all right? I love cheese. I think it's a glorious invention. Um, whoever invented that and decided that you could let milk go bad and it would be good for you, praise God for them. All right, I need help. Robert, you left me. All right, so you got some cheese. Cheese is another important piece. Now, some people don't put cheese on their sandwich, but they're wrong, and we will pray for them. So when you put cheese on the sandwich right here, that's, that's kind of that, that lovey-dovey, mercy people that just make any sandwich better. For you, it might be cheese, it might be mayonnaise, but it, it's some kind of creamy goodness that makes a sandwich is not so dry and boring. Because if a church was just a bunch of leadership and it was just a bunch of teaching, it really wouldn't be a church. There's some people that you have a gift for showing mercy. It's not me, all right? All right, I don't have a gift for showing mercy. I work at showing mercy. People tell me their problems, and don't judge me. I got to be bread. I'm not cheese. Some of y'all need to be cheese, but people tell me their problems sometimes, and if it's not the Spirit of God, like, I want to be like, man, you have two options. You could deal with it or get over it. And I'm saying, like, I don't know. You pick. Deal with it, get over it. One of those. All right? But I know that the Lord is real, and I do love people, and I do have a lot of grace, and so I'm just halfway kidding on that, but it's only halfway because it does need to come from the Spirit. But there's some of you guys, somebody can share their problem, and you love it, and you can be there, and you can love on them. Now, I do have grace for really annoying people. If you're a really annoying person, you found the right church, because I could just love on annoying people. They don't bother me, maybe because I'm a little bit annoying, 
And that doesn't bother me. You know, like I can hang out with you and I could talk with you and talk to you on the phone. That, that. So I have different kind of mercy. But we need that in church. We need mercy. You, it can't just be all teaching. It can't just be all leadership. It has to be, these people up here are telling me to stop. All right. But I'm just being honest. Everyone has a different kind of grace. And everybody needs to play your part. So I can do that. In fact, I had a church. They, they, I was the administrative pastor. They put me, they tagged me up. They're like, nobody likes this guy, Chris. He's yours. I was like, great. So I spent the next six months. He became a good friend of mine. God worked in his life, worked in his kid's life. We'd come to the church. He was a retired Navy engineer, really brilliant guy, went through a bunch of stuff in the Navy, really could not handle what was going on um, after that time. He didn't bother me. He wasn't asking for, like, my advice. He just needed somebody to love on him. We need that in this church, people that would love on them even when they're hard. And then you have some other stuff up here. You have some tomatoes. I'm not a tomato person unless it's, like, on a pizza or in a sandwich, okay? I'm not one of those people that can just eat a, eat a tomato, and I'm going to attempt to cut the tomato. And if you notice, all of these things up here, they pretty much have to be sliced, they have to be cut down, and this is going to get bad because this is one hand with a microphone. So I will try not to make a mess. All right. So you notice each of these things up here, they got to be sliced a little bit. They got to be cut. They got to be separated. Anytime you're going to serve God, you're going to get cut up. You're going to get sliced. I mean, look at it. The cheese, the bread. You don't put a whole loaf of bread. It at least has to be cut. Even at Subway, that's the first thing they do. They go grab a little knife and they slide it around. They cut the bread open. The cheese, you don't put a chunk of cheese. You put a slice of cheese. You don't put a whole ham. You put a slice of ham. You don't put a whole tomato unless you're some kind of savage. You put a slice of tomato. And everything in God's body, like if you're really going to serve God, you got to get ready to let some things go you got to let some things go and give a piece of yourself to somebody else. It hurts sometimes, but I'm telling you, it's worth it. It's worth it. And you put a whole bunch of sliced up, chopped up people together, and you wind up getting something greater than you did on your own. Now, tomato. I have no idea about what the tomato could be, but we'll make something up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> tomato. Different people, different gifts. You get the point. And then you have the lettuce. And I don't even know, like, the point of lettuce, unless it has ranch on it. But this is, this is lettuce, and we'll put it in there. Rachel's helping me out. See, she has a gift of service. It's another time to highlight service. Perfect example. Thank you, Lord. But there are some people that are just ready to serve. They don't care what it is. You may not see yourself as a teacher. You may have no mercy. You may not like people, and you don't want to lead, but you don't mind helping out. You don't mind doing what needs to be done because you're not looking for any glory. If I need to pull lettuce off, that's me. And there needs to be some people, and that's kind of like lettuce. Oh, that's the next one. If you could open that, that'd be awesome. That's kind of like, to me, lettuce. It's just there. It makes it better. Nobody brags about the lettuce. Nobody eats a sandwich and says, that was the best lettuce I've ever had. Nobody eats a salad and says, man, that lettuce was great. You talk about the other things in the salad. But, you know, you need some of that. It helps things keep moving. And now this right here, 
the thing we had the thank you so much, Rachel. Give Rachel a hand for being willing to help. Is you have over here, you have a pickle. Now, I do not like pickles unless they're on a sandwich. Sometimes I can eat them on the sandwich. I'm never, I'm not the person, thank you very much. I'm not the person that's going to go by to the store. I know there's some of you out there and you're just twisted, all right, broken, and God needs to redeem you. But you can grab a pickle and you can take it out of the can and eat it, and that's okay. Everybody's different and nobody's perfect. All right, if you like pickles, you're welcome here in this church, in Lakeside Church. But in a sandwich, I don't mind, especially a Cuban sandwich, which is what I wanted to make. And when I thought about the pickle, you know, I thought about it, and I was like, you know, that's about the only time I like a, a Cuban sandwich is just really good. Go Google it. Go find a place that makes them, and maybe we'll have, like, an ethnic food day here where we'll cook you some Cuban and Puerto Rican food, and you'll, you will love it. All right? That's the Lord. But pickles, I'm not a big pickle fan. Pickles, like some of those people that they discern spirits. They speak the truth in love. They prophesy. They say hard things. No, like for me, a pickle, nobody wants to hear the truth unless it has a whole bunch of love and a whole bunch of grace and a whole bunch of other stuff around it. I'm not going to go grab a pickle and eat it because that, to me, is nasty. But you put it next to some cheese, you put around some ham, some meat. If you're pregnant, it's great. My wife says that. Because when you are pregnant, you actually go insane physically, and it just everything is going crazy. She, grapefruits in the middle of the night, all kinds of wasabi, almonds, all kinds of things taste great. But right here, do you want the pickle, my dear? No, thank you. Okay. But right here, that's kind of those people that they can just really say some hard things. I'm kind of like a pickle in the body of Christ. Like, I don't mind saying hard things. I don't lead with that. It needs to be filled with grace and love and mercy and service, know who I am by how I love you and how I treat you and how I'll serve you. But we need some of that in the body of Christ. It can't just be all cheese. It can't just be all bread. It can't just be all meat. Sometimes it has to be some stuff that's uncomfortable, but that really doesn't go alone. It really needs to be covered up. And that's why when I put a pickle on a sandwich, like it's just kind of in there. I don't hear it. But now we've taken a whole bunch of sliced up things, and see what I did right here? You probably didn't even realize it, but one of the things I put on there is a plate. If I was making this at home, there would be no plate. Let me just be very honest. It would probably have been made on the counter, maybe a paper towel on top of the counter if I was feeling fancy. All right? But I put it on a plate for you guys because I think that's one of the most unheralded um, gifts is the gift of hospitality. If I was going to serve this to you, I would definitely put it on a plate, a nicer plate. And you know, the body of Christ, Jesus' dream for his church is that it would have all of the gifts in operation. And the gift of hospitality is one of the ones that doesn't get a lot of glory. But we need you here at Lakeside Church. Some of you can make things just nice and awesome and pretty and welcoming and really plate something well. I know like we watch those cooking shows and they always talk about you didn't plate it well. I don't know what it means, but I think it means something like it doesn't look ugly or it looks ugly, you know, and, and let me slide that over. But a good hospitality person will do a great thing. In small groups, we need them. In church, we need them. In God's body, we need them. And so when you read about Jesus' dream for his church, it's that all of the gifts that he has given us, every single one that's in those two passages, they would come together you wouldn't be afraid to be sliced up. Nobody would come trying to be the show. The bread's not trying to be a show because just a dry piece of bread is not too cool. 
even the ones like the pickles that, that really can't go alone because if you're just always telling me the truth, I really don't want to hear you. They need to get covered up with some cheese or some mayonnaise or some other good stuff. And I don't know how to put this out here, but, but we need no mustard. I don't know what mustard is, but mustard's gross. All right? I'm trying to figure that into the illustration. All right? But I just want to put that out there. Don't be a mustard in the body of Christ. Breaking things and destroying things and ruining things. That, that, if you like that condiment, you're worse than somebody who likes pickles. All right, that is a condiment that should have never been created. But you do, there is room here if you like mustard. We'll pray for you. We'll help you live in freedom. Get free of that stuff right here. And so I have a few points I want to get to you guys right here. Number one, be who you're called to be. If you're called to lead, start leading. My brother Ken over here, you guys do not know. I told you we have a dream about improving our kids' space. This man and David Walburn, these guys have been dreaming with me and helping me trying to figure this out. They're doing things that I can't do alone. They're helping to lead and helping to administrate and helping to get things done. Some of you guys, if you tried to answer some of the questions about zoning and different things like that, you don't have the time. You don't have the experience. But be who you're called to be. Be part of the body of Christ. Do what you're called to do. If God has called you to lead, lead. If he's called you to serve, serve. If he's called you to teach, teach. If he's called you to be hospitable, be hospitable. Do what you are called to do. Don't think you have to be something else. Just play your part, and God will bring it all together. And don't think that just because you're the pickle or you're the tomato that you're not important because God needs every piece of flavor in his body. The next point, love or love how you're called to love. It really is all about love. It really is an act of love. God's church is supposed to be an expression of his love for the world. His love is supposed to reign, and when all those things are happening and leading and administrating and serving and, and tons of mercy and speaking the truth and love, having a prophetic voice, and people with gifts of healing, we didn't put that out there. Maybe that's what the tomato could do because it has antioxidants, right? But that idea that there's some people that, that you could just be around somebody and you bring health, you bring healing, you, you can pray for them, and, and, and things change in their lives. And the last one is serve how you're called to serve. Be it. Do it. Don't be lazy. Work hard for the Lord. And God will make something great here. And this works whether you're part of Lakeside Church or any other church the rest of your life. Find a way to plug in. And I applaud because there are so many people who are doing that. I'd say that we have more people serving, more people leading, more people willing to plug in. But do it. And don't get upset if um, you know, you're, you're not what you think you should be. All right? I would love to sing. I would think that would be awesome if I could sing. I mean, I could see it in my head. I could almost feel it. But God has not made me a singer. And there's no reason for me to get up there and try to do that. But I'll do what I can. And so you do what you can. Right now, as we're, we're coming to a close, I want you just to think a little bit. I want you just to close your eyes. I want you to um, think about who God has called you to be. What part of the dream um, for his church. Who are you? Who are you? Ask yourself that question. We have a class called Go Deeper where we do a spiritual gift test. 
an inventory, and we try to help people figure out who they are and who they, um, who they are. And I want you to I want you to think about that. Who am I? Who has God called me to be? Am I doing what God has called me to do? Am I serving how God has called me to serve? And you, know, you might need a, a pick-me-up. And what I say by that is, is, is Paul told Timothy, do not neglect the gift that is in you, but stir it up. You might need to be stirred up. I mean, other gifts are in there. I mean, giving. It talks about giving is a gift. Some of you guys have that ability. You can give to others. But you, not, you might need to be stirred up to be active in your purpose. Or maybe you're not sure, what is my purpose? You need to start seeking God. You need to come to the next time we do the Go Deeper class and take the spiritual gift inventory and begin the journey of discovering who you are. If you would like to, to be more active in your purpose and to play the role that God has called you to play and you're willing to love like you're supposed to love, be who you're called to be, do what you're called to do, and serve how you're called to serve, if you're willing to make that commitment that you would do those four things, you'll let God slice you up and chop you up and make you part of his body. Whatever part you could play, if that's you, would you just stand right now wherever you're at? If you could say, you know what, that bears witness with me. I want to be a part of God's body. I'm willing to serve. I'm willing to, to give, to be mercy. There's a place here for every gift. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your your power. I pray you'd stir up the gifts and the callings and, and let everyone in this room be who they're called to be. That you let us do what we're called to do, serve how we're called to serve, and love how we're called to love. God, let the breads rise up, the leaders and the administrators. God, let the people with mercy rise up and let them be loving and kind. And, and God, let the people with gifts of healing, God, that can, can bring people to freedom physically and emotionally and spiritually. God, let the gift of, of prophecy, of speaking the God's truth, of hearing God's voice and speaking what needs to be spoken. God, the gift of hospitality. Let us never take that lightly. The gift of service, those men and women out there that, that don't mind just getting dirty and getting the work done. I pray that would rise up in the people in this church and that you'd make something greater with all of us than could be made alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to invite our prayer teams to come up to the front right now. If you would like prayer, maybe you're trying to discern where God would have you to be. Or maybe you realize that you've not been serving him and you'd like prayer. For any reason, I'm going to invite you to come to the front and our prayer teams would love to pray with you. If this message is sat with you, we'd love to pray with you. You could do one of three things right now. You can come up for prayer if that's something you think you need to do. 
you can sit here and worship with the worship team. Or if you're ready to leave, you're welcome to go and have a great week. And we're glad that you came. But those are your three options right now. Prayer, hang out and worship for a little bit, and slide out when you're, when you're ready to go. Amen. Have a great week, guys.